to introduce myself, I am Kogeto Penny is the name that I grew up with. But um, a few years ago, I changed to my name, my African name, Kogeto, which means abundance edition. Penny, my mother named me Penny because I was born at 28 weeks, weighing 1.5 kg. So when she looked at me, she saw this tiny little baby and she then named me Penny, a Penny, because I was so small. But names are so powerful. I've come to realize that they release a certain anointing upon your life. So the Lord spoke to me about the name and I have adopted my African name, Gogezo. And I joke and say, you can call me Gogezo Penny, an abundance of pennies. I don't mind that. But uh, to introduce myself, I am Gogezo Penny, Agua by marriage. And my husband is not here. I do apologize for him not being able to be here. Um, he is known in this house, but um, he unfortunately had a work commitment in Bella Bella that he could not get out of. So I do apologize and I do thank him for also releasing me and blessing me to be here today because that is the order of Christ. He is still my covering. I cannot do this without his go ahead. So in his absence, I would like to say thank you. Um, all right. So my story is about, you know, not per se marriage, but about motherhood, right? And as I did mention that my mother had me as a young girl at 17. And I want to emphasize that I come from a bloodline where in my, my mother's siblings, right, their children being us. I'm the eldest of the grandkids. My mother's the last born, but I am the eldest. There's only four of us girls. And out of the four of us, I'm the only one that did not have a teenage pregnancy. The one that comes after me, my uncle's daughter, fell pregnant at 15. And then my baby sister fell pregnant at 15. And then um, my aunt's daughter fell pregnant at 19. But all of us, when I look down, even my mother, myself included, our firstborns we had outside of wedlock. So my bloodline is not necessarily a clean one, right? And the day I declared myself a Christian because I'm first-generation Christian, and so is my husband. So you can understand the warfare we've had to encounter even in our marriage. My husband and I have been married, I think it's the ninth year, but we are only about to have our wedding. That on its own is a story. So you can understand the warfare that we have encountered as a couple. And on my side... Um, I've got three boys, and I wanted a girl. We prayed <laughs> for a baby girl. My baby girl is a year old, Untukeji. She is a year old, Untukeji Praise Makua. Her names are an offering unto the Lord, and I wanted a girl so badly, not because it's a nice to have, or for those that of you that know me know I'm in pageantry, I run a program, which I consider a ministry, really. Um, Miss recently sold Mrs., but I'm the founder of Miss and Mrs. Township, South Africa, 
and teen program. And God gave me daughters long before I had my own daughter, but it was very important that I have my own daughter because I wanted to declare war against my bloodline behind me because I needed for a change to take place for the woman that come from that particular bloodline, Yaha, my mother per se. When I speak about my bloodline, I mostly refer to my mothers. Because, all right. So um, that, that is the bloodline I grew up with. Yes, my mother did get married to um, a very loving man. Um, not necessarily that I was born in that way. My father, he's late. He took me at seven years old, raised me as his own. God bless him. So it was very important that I have a baby girl. And I do realize the importance of my role as a mother in her life because a lot is at stake. I needed to declare war to the kingdom of darkness that this bloodline no longer belongs to you, but it belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And myself, we had a very toxic relationship with my mother. She, when I said that my father took me at seven, it's because I lived with my aunt, my mother's elder sister, from the time I was born really up until the time that my mother was stable enough because she had to go back to school, she had to study. And my aunt was also determined to ensure that they broke that poverty spirit that they came under. And I also realized that even my mother, um, the way our relationship went, she loved me in a way that she knew how to love, right? So even with me talking, I'm not trying to take away from her, right? She did the best that she could. She's still trying, but from the place that she knew how. She raised herself, basically, because my grandmother, um, she came in. My grandmother's from a colored background, and she got married, and it seems she was not well accepted. So she gave herself up to the bottle. And by the time she died, my grandmother was a full-blown alcoholic, and she died from emphysema. Doctor, I think you would agree that it's a lung Thing because she smoked from the time she was 13. So my mother and her siblings raised themselves. The marriage with my grandfather, whom I never met, he died before I was born, was very, very toxic. In fact, they never really talk about him, so I don't know much about him, but it was very, very toxic. So they raised themselves, and they used to joke about how um, she would say, uh, she's got says fraught ears right? God gave us this fraught ears. And it was a joke, right? Up until the time when I would question the Lord, why does my mother reject me so much? Why does she treat me in this way? Why can't <clears throat> we get along? What am I doing wrong? And literally, I, it's, it's, it's very recent that I've realized that there's nothing wrong with me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made and I own it. I grew up, I was told that there is something wrong with me. What is wrong with me? I don't know. Even, you know, the first few years of my marriage were also very 
turbulent because there were issues within me that were planted. You know, we talk about absent fathers, but we also don't talk about the impact of toxic relationships of mothers and daughters on women as wives, as mothers, as um, just their place in society. When you see a woman behaving in a manner that she does, do not judge. There is a story behind a story. We've got an important role as mothers in society. And when you do not have that covering, you are exposed. And if I need to make some examples from the Bible, where was Tamar's mother when her brother took advantage of her? Where was David's mother when he was rejected, was even in the field when the prophet came to anoint a king? He was not even anywhere to be found. There is a reason why the psalmist says that even though my mother and my father may forsake me, where was the mother? A lot of things could have possibly been avoided. Even favoritism. And when I say that, we look at Jacob and, and Esau. The blessing went the other way because the mother favored the other one over the other one. So we need to be very careful as mothers because we can also by our actions, split generations, right? We can split what God is trying to do through a family. We've got a huge role in society, not only as mothers to our own children, but to those around us. But your ministry starts at home. So, wow. <laughs> so, um, for me, right... I had to realize that the relationship between my mom and I, and to give you a little bit of an understanding, is that when I moved from Hammondskraut to Clarksdorp, it's two different areas. I'm from Pitori, and I'm going Gobatswaneng. I could not even speak the language. And, you know, I was forced to somehow learn that started crushing my identity. There were so many things, you know, that I was never even told that I'm leaving what is familiar to me. It's so important to engage and communicate with your children because it causes a lot. I struggled a lot with identity. I had an identity crisis. And when I say that my identity is in Christ, that is the only place I found identity. And I'll always be grateful, even to my mom, as much as she allowed me to go to a camp, Scripture Union. So even the work that you do with FBP for the little ones, please do not take that for granted. Because, and to the educators in here, sports coaches, do not take it for granted. Because for me, it was a sports coach that invited me to a camp, and my mother allowed me to go. And I believe that is why I'm even standing here today. Because on that day at Scripture Union, even though I did not know at age 10 what I was saying, I was giving my life to Christ Jesus, a seed got planted. Because there's no way I can look back and say, oh, we had someone praying, unless it was way before me. But what I know is that my generation is completely distorted, right? So that moment was a turning point, and I believe that you know, God places the solitary in families. 
And he's been consistent in my life to put women that, you know, I could model, I could look up to because me trying to find my place as not just a wife, a mother, but a Christian woman, I've had to look to the woman, the mothers that God has placed in my life because I do not have that. And the aunt that raised me, she was barren, so she does not have kids of her own. So, you know, I think sometimes also when you are raising other people's kids, you need to also be careful, right? And you need to also remind them that, yes, I am raising you, but at the same time, your mother is still your mother. So with her, you know, I think she would always try to remain in all of us that she raised in our favor. You know, God bless her heart. She's a very special woman. So I can't really say that, you know, I learned motherhood from her, but I've had to literally learn by modeling everyone that was placed upon my life. And I'll always be grateful to God for that. So to go back to the story of the the six rotten eggs, my grandmother used to call her children, her six children, six rotten eggs. Yes. And um, it was a joke. But I realized that it was not such a joke. The day that I was questioning God about my relationship with my mother. Because every girl wants a good relationship with their mother. I'm sad to say, I don't know what that feels like. Till today, we do have somewhat of a good relationship. But because I believe I've learned to work around it. And um, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Every girl wants that. And, you know, it's what I would have wanted for myself, but it's not my story, right? And I do believe that maybe someday God can do something. He's God of the impossible. There was a day I broke eggs, but now when I broke this egg, I had already broken one. You know, you'll make maybe two eggs. So when I broke the second one, I realized that that egg was rotten. And... You know, realizing that egg was rotten was not a difficult thing because that egg stunk. A rotten egg really, really stinks. And I couldn't even fish it out because it contaminated even the egg that was already inside. And it didn't click at first. You know, I was just irritated, threw it out, tried again. This thing kept on happening until I realized that what God is trying to say to me is can you imagine growing up believing that you are a rotten egg? What happens when you come into contact with someone else, let alone your children? You contaminate them. And that was the situation, right? And that's when I began to do a work in me, realizing that the issue is not me. And when I say I really believe the issue was me. My mom used to tell me that people don't like you. When you must realize that when people come into a room, when you come into a room and, and people are there, they get up and they leave. So even in my marriage, right? When, you know how it is, sometimes you'll sit and then you walk in and then your husband maybe will quickly go do something. So with me, because I've been programmed that observe when this happens, you must be reminded that it's because, it's because you are not liked. 
So we had issues with that, you know, but I thank God for my husband because, you know, I've been able to, we've been able to be open with each other about our lives. And I thank God for him that, you know, he's been very patient with me. And um, I, I believe that we are where we are because of the man that he is as well. Because there's been many times even when issues would spring up where I would just feel that I, I, I can't do this. And he held us together. And I thank God because I really do believe, as um, Apostle did say, that marriage is a ministry, right? And I believe that it is. And whatever we've learned from each other and how it's brought me to where I am. You know, I just want to say to the husbands, don't be impatient with your wives, you know. And um, we carry so much. We carry a lot. It's important. I believe there's a reason why God says that sacrifice yourself for your wives and be gentle. Because there's a lot that happens. Give, give your wife time. And give her a break and be gentle. Mold that flower, right? You'd be surprised at the returns. It's, it's return on investment. You are investing. In turn, you are investing for yourself, right? Because I look at my husband now from the time that we met, and I just bless the name of the Lord. I think you can agree, ma. So, and I thank God because if he had not been the man that he was to me, I also would not be able to be the woman that I am today. I bless the name of the Lord. So, in essence, I just want to say that um, as mothers, we do have a huge responsibility. I'm very protective over my children. Completely protective. I don't just take my children anywhere. And even at home, when my children visit at home, I visit with them. And it is only because, not that I don't trust them or anything like that, but it is, it is because I'm trying to raise them in a different way. You know, it's so important what you expose your children to, right? And what, do, what they do see. Because the thing about the things of this world is they are more enticing, especially to these young little minds, right? So when you continuously expose your children to, um, things that you don't want them to partake in. I believe that you are only setting yourself up for failure. So now we are always together as a family. Yes, they do go to the other side alone and for various reasons, right? But when they go at home, um, I go with them. And also another thing is because I don't do the Lozame Paso or all of those. I've declared my life and dedicated it unto the Lord Jesus Christ, and I don't want to take a chance that, you know, I'll take my children and they are taken wherever, right? Because these children have been dedicated unto the Lord. So I'm very, very protective over my children. And I'll give you a little story. I'm, I'm certain that God is with my kids. My eldest, we've just taken him to boarding school quite far in Potchefstroom, but I know that God is with him. Um... So even the friends that maybe will allow in our yard, obviously you can't control who your children play with at school, etc. But we've recently moved into a new neighborhood and the kids next door wanted to come and play. I've got, I'll call them twins. They are 10 months apart. So they are very friendly kids. And the kid next door wanted to play with them. He's slightly older. And 
we had our reservations against this child, right? But we decided that, you know what, let's lower the bar a bit and just allow him. He's just a child. This child, um, the one day, my nanny had gone to go fetch the other twin from school and he was playing with my son uh, behind, behind the house. We've got a trampoline, so they were playing there. And when I say that, it's so important to also dwell in Christ. Out of nowhere, I just started panicking and calling my child. Little did I know that this child next door was trying to sodomize my six, he's 27-year-old baby boy, right? And by God's grace, nothing happened. And, you know, my child, um, yeah, we had the conversation with them between the parents and everything, but that's not my point. My point is this. When you are, I want to speak to the parents, the mothers, you need to live in prayer for your children. The many things that I went through as a young girl, as a woman, are things that could have been avoided if I had come from a covering of prayer, covering of, you know, a mother, right? And I bring that story up because it's made me to realize that we do not walk in Christ. Our walk in Christ is not in vain. When we walk in Christ, Christ will take care of us. He'll take care of our children as well. There's many things that have happened in my life, right? Many, many things that I really do believe that if it had not been for that turnaround in my life, I really would have never gotten to this point. And I don't think I'd even be married to the man that I was married because my husband, when he was looking for a wife, he was looking for a godly wife. He wasn't just looking for any wife. He was looking for a godly wife. And he, uh, he would have never taken me. So sometimes even us as women will ask ourselves where our husbands are. But our husbands are there waiting for us, right, to turn our lives around and walk in Christ. So to, if there are any young women here that are trusting God for a husband, now nah, I got my, my husband from the Lord. I, I prayed and fasted. Apostle knows uh, singles uh, prayers. I did those for over six months. I was this thin praying, fasting, and many counterfeit spouses came, and the Lord would say, not that one. So with me, I prayed for my husband, even when we'd go through challenging stuff, and the devil has thrown everything he can throw at us. But I would still remember that, God, this is a man that you gave me. So if there's any young girls here, you need to do anything. You know, your husband is there, and you will not even need to drop your standards or your honor for a man who God has appointed, right? He is there. So just face Christ. He'll find you safely hidden in Christ. Because even with my husband, when he started speaking about his intentions, I told him, Hore, Emma Bailey. And I went back to the sisters at church. We fasted and prayed, Hore, this one, is he the one? So stay in Christ. Your husband will find you there. You don't need to go anywhere else. In closing, um, I just want to say that um, position yourself as, as a mother. Position yourself in your children's lives. And when you do that, you've got the ability to break strongholds. But before you can even get to that, I believe that you need to look at yourself and you cannot want 
to I can't want to feed into Ndukech's life when my own life is a mess because you know children model what they see, right? So and when I say I'm protective over my children, I'm very protective over my children. I'm very protective over my children. Even, you know, sometimes we just think, oh, no, it's okay. It's just a woman of God. And we've got, you know, even the Bible says that many have gone into the church as false prophets. So if it does not feel right, in you, you know, one thing about the Holy Spirit, he's a, com- he's a compass. He'll lead you. He'll tell you what is right, what is not. And in the days that we are going into, these are the last days, if you have not seen I want to remind you, we are deep in the last days, and it's only the Holy Spirit that will tell you where to go, what to do, who is right, who is not. And for me, if it doesn't feel right, whether it offends you or not, if it does not feel right, I'm not doing it. So when you stand and take your position as a mother, right, as did Hannah, we break strongholds, right? We we mold our children. Remember, for me, having children is not just for me to just procreate, but we are raising an army for Christ. We are building an army. The enemy is building his army. He's not playing games about that. So we cannot afford to play games. And, you know, we are very strict with my husband. We are strict over the programs that our children watch. Um, our near seven-year-old just got his first phone. And even before he can download any games, he's not allowed on WhatsApp or whatever. Before he can download any games, it has to, he has to get approval from me. So even our 14, 20, 15-year-old, he was never allowed on social media. Only when he went to boarding school, we said to him, now we believe that you are responsible. If you want to go, you can go on social media. And you know, he's still not on social media. And I believe it's what's been planted in him. So don't try to be politically correct. The order of Christ does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I believe when you let TV and social media raise your children, you're only messing up your children. You can be as prayerful as you want, but you've also got to put systems in place. And um, also to... Help your children, right, when you take your position as a mother. You help them understand, right, their position in in society. You help them to understand their position in society, and you also raise them up for the ministry that Christ has called them up to. Each and every single one of us, as I said, in one, Psalm 139, it says that we've got a scroll that the Lord has written over our lives. And I believe a lot of us, you know, go astray from that scroll because we did not have the correct guidance. So I just want to urge you as mothers today that reassess your position as well. Because even with the church, my first ministry is my family. You know, I mean, I used to serve a lot, you know, but I've got young children right now. I have to dedicate myself to them. I can't allow themselves to raise themselves while I'm running around at church. So don't dedicate yourself. I'm not saying don't dedicate yourself to church, but don't dedicate yourself so much to church that you lose your position in their lives. So even when you give yourselves at church, remember your position as a wife, as a mother. And that is all I've had to share today.